What is going on, Cyclone Nation? It's a bye week. We like to sprinkle in the Suk Up Legends podcast uh, during these bye weeks to give you guys something to entertain yourselves over the weekend. Uh, coming up as an exclusive interview with a dear friend of both Bloom and mine, uh, that is Iowa State women's basketball coach Bill Finley. We talk a lot. Uh, the majority of the conversation is about his time at Iowa State. Uh, his relationships he's built along the way, how he built the program. It's really insightful stuff. Uh, Bloom, I thought he was the perfect guy to have on after Dan McCartney. Oh, I mean, you start talking about legends at Iowa State. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's a short list without those two. So I think they're more than – and and they will go together. They and, feed off of each other so much, and, yeah. And, and Bill talks about it, about – with and Mac gave Bill credit, but Bill gives Mac credit. And without – the, and that's kind of funny how life works sometimes. Sometimes yeah. you meet people at the right time, and it just so happens for each of them, they're at the right time together at Iowa State and, and built those programs uh, in parallel. Um, I, I do have a quick announcement to make, and this is really exciting for, for us because we, we had this vision of this Legends podcast a couple months ago. And um, thanks to our friends at Sukup Manufacturing, uh, it's becoming a reality. So we've signed a deal with uh, Suk Up to not only extend the summer series, which is very popular. Those are some of the most listened to podcasts in the history of the Cyclone fun, Fanatic fun podcast. Fun for us to do, too. Yeah, we, we love it. And we're, we're, so we're going to do five summer series episodes in 2021. And we are going to extend and do five Legends podcasts every year, which I'm, I couldn't be more excited about. It, we're old enough now. We can, where we just, we, we have enough relationships that date back to the history of Iowa state where we can hopefully Brent, I I want these legends podcasts to be educational for the younger fan base. And at the same time for our older listeners to relive some great memories. Yeah. Not just introduce them to characters that they know already. I mean, people know Mac, they know coach Fenley, but who are some of those other people throughout Iowa state's athletic history that, you may not have heard of that are are important in their own way. And I think that's going to be the fun part is to, to dive into some stories of the lesser known folks within the athletic department. No, no doubt about that. Uh, and we think, we thank our friends at Sukup, uh, Sukup manufacturing. You can learn more at Sukup.com and um, f- follow them on social media too. They're a great Iowa company, as you know, Brent, that, um, not only supports Iowa state, but as you know, in your ventures with your day job, they're, they're critical for our state. Oh, hugely. And turning out to be critical worldwide too. I mean, the work they're yeah. doing with the safety, with homes. The safety homes is yeah. just awesome to think that's happening from a company started from a couple of Iowans and has grown now to what it is today. And yet the people, the yeah. people still make that company, and, and they're, they're, the Sioux Cubs are just phenomenal. It's an honor to have their name on the Cyclone Fanatic Legends podcast. So that's what we're going to do today, episode two of the Legends podcast, and we're going to welcome in our dear friend uh, and the, the Iowa State legend, Iowa State women's basketball coach, Bill Finley. All right, here we are, Bloom. It is the second installment of the Sioux Cup Legends podcast here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network, and we just got done talking with our our dear friend, uh, Coach Bill Finley, who claims he's not a legend, but that's ridiculous. Agreed. It's Coach, you're you're a legend. Just go ahead and admit it. Welcome to the show. How are you today, hey, buddy? Good to see you guys. Hope everybody's families are well. And uh, 
always fun to be a part of it. There's nothing better than talking Cyclone sports and really appreciate what Cyclone Fanatic has done for our fan base and bringing not just the games and the scores uh, to our fans, but the stories and the people. And I think that means a lot. I, I think our fans really relate to that. I think our fans um, really have a unique desire to hear those stories way beyond uh, what they see on TV and, and what the game itself. I think that's what makes Iowa state such a unique place and stuff like this. That you guys do, I think really resonates with, with the best fan base in the country. Well, we appreciate that. And it wouldn't be the same without you. I've told you that a million times, but it is um, been a real thrill to be able to hang around your program more the last couple of years, especially having two little girls uh, means a lot. I uh, just, uh, I love, I love your team. I love your program. So we'll talk about that today. I'm excited for this year other than the whole, you know, just the uncertainty of everything. I think this is as um, loaded of a team as you've had on paper uh, going. Do you agree with that? Like going uh, just on paper with what you got coming back? I mean, man, it, it, it seems like even with recruiting, you signed a new class yesterday. Uh, what, what are you in like year 38 now? But it seems like <laughs> things are on the uptick, bud. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, we, we, I like our team a lot, guys. I really do. Obviously, you got to go out and play. But I think, you know, our team has embraced what we're about. They can read. They follow everyone on Twitter and Instagram, and they know what the expectations are. But I think the expectations you put on yourself are important. Um, you want to be good. You want to challenge yourself. And I, and I said in, in our media day yesterday that I, it, it's good for Iowa State. I think it's, Football's in the top 20 and cross country's doing well. And it doesn't matter, you know, whatever, you know, the Ivy college of business is rated in this, you know, whatever yeah. that's good for all of us. And, and if women's basketball plays a small part of that, then we're, we're excited, but we have a good group of kids. They've done, as you guys can imagine, we're all, we're all going through the most strange time of, of all of our lifetime, but uh, they've handled it great. They're excited. Uh, like I said, before we got started, we're, we're kind of living in a control what we can and we want to be optimistic, but we're realistic at the same time. Yep. So we're practicing hard. We, we showed up and, and do our job and, and hopefully on November 25th at looking at my board over here at noon, <laughs> uh, our kids get to play a game at Hilton. Coach, I, I looked some stuff up a couple of days ago. Oh boy. And, no, this is incredible to me, and I'm not. I'm not trying to uh, bring up your age here at all. But this it's is. This okay. is. This. It sounds like that's what you're no, about to it, do. It, but it's. This it's is. Like, a, it's like something like. Um, I don't want mean to interrupt, or I don't want to change the subject. With all due yeah. respect, the subject. You're, you're on to me here, but the longest tenured Power Five basketball coaches, so Power Five being the big conferences, and then men's and women's basketball. Here's the list right now. Bayheim is first at Syracuse. Coach K is second. Tara Vanderveer at Stanford, who's a legend, is third. And it's a three-way tie for fourth. At, I think it's year 26. Tom Izzo, C. Vivian Stringer, Bill Fenton. Wow. Oh. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think that's pretty crazy that it's hard to believe that this is – I mean, you, you start thinking about those names. I'm, and you're – in that conversation from being at one place for one time. So, I mean, just taking a holistic view of this thing, what has allowed you to have this long sustained success? And then, but also in that same light of why have you remained dedicated to Iowa state and, and how this marriage has been so perfect? 
Yeah, well, first of all, um, the only reason I'm on that list is for a number of years, not wins or tangling or anything like that. So we let's let's <laughs> clarify that right off the bat. Um, you know, I think, Brent, the, guys, the biggest thing is um, uh, I'm a native Iowan. My wife's from Iowa. Uh, our parents uh, grew up. Uh, we're living in Iowa our whole life, and um, it starts there. Um, I think beyond that, though, it's it's – this place is uniquely um, fits my personality, uh, fits what I'm about. Uh, we've had really, I've been very lucky. Uh, you know, I've had, uh, you know, four presidents now, six men's basketball coaches, uh, four football coaches. Wow. And, and I, but I, what I've seen in, in, in Iowa State is an, an amazing ability to adapt, adjust, to overcome things. Uh, to put people in the right positions, to have a true commitment to young people. We don't have major league sports. So, you know, the, the world centers around Iowa State, the University of Iowa, Drake, Northern Iowa. But for us, you know, we, we feel like we've always been um, a part of the equation. Obviously, uh, you know, it's football, it's men's basketball. I get that. That's the way it should be. It's the way it's always going to be but we've wanted to create our own little niche. And I think we've been able to do that in, in, in large part, the two biggest reasons beyond the support of the administration, obviously that allowed me to stay here is I've had an amazing staff. A lot of them have been with me for a long, long time. Yep. And we've had the kind of people players that really fit what Ames and Iowa state are about. And, and luckily a lot of them are very talented. They've, they've grown as people and as players. And we've just been really, really blessed that, you know, and the last thing I say, Brent is, you know, everyone talks about your next job and, 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 and we, at Iowa state, it was always kind of that way when I got here and what football coach is going to go somewhere, you know, what basketball coach is going to go somewhere, sure. you know, life changes, but this has been a job for me that, it's been perfect. It's perfect for my family. Our boys were raised uh, in Ames. Uh, they went to Iowa State. Uh, I told people in the press conference yesterday, I was born in Davenport, Iowa, but Ames is my home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been very, really lucky to to call it home for 26 years. Yeah, one of the things, and, and I don't really know, Coach, because I haven't been around. I mean, Brent and I have just been around Iowa State our entire careers, but it, it seems unique about Iowa State is we had Dan McCarney on. Uh, with us a couple of weeks ago. And I know just from back in the day how close you and Coach Mack were and still are. But I also know, like, what Matt Campbell means to your program. Like, he'll he'll show up and watch practice. And, like, you you guys all recruit together. Like, you all, uh, you know, it's, it's like a it, – I, I just can't imagine that happens everywhere, does it? I mean, from what your colleagues – like, it seems super unique here. It, it is – Super unique is a good way to put it. Um, you know, the word culture, the word family get thrown around a lot in college sports. Mm-hmm. You know, we all talk about it. We all talk about embracing the process and we all use those same things, but a lot of times it's not real. Um, it's like, you know, the wizard of Oz, don't look behind the curtain yep. kind of thing. You know, here it, it, it is that way. Um, I think Jamie's created his team in, in an image of what we want our teams to be good people, hardworking. It's we over me, you know, what can I do to help? Because I think that we all understand 
and I'm, I'm not really big on the whole, we've done more with less kind of thing, but obviously our resources are not what some other people are, whether it's financially or facilities or whatever. So what is the thing that you can dictate? What is the thing that you can say that we have that no other school has? We have Matt Campbell. We have Steve Prone. We have Christy Johnson Lynch. We have Kevin Dresser. We, you, and, and then you start thinking about that and you think about the impact they can make. I, I, this is a good story. When, when Coach Campbell was, I think it was his first year maybe, he said, Coach, can we come over to practice? Like, yeah. So they come over to practice and they're standing in the corner and I'm talking to Matt and, you know, there's probably 12 to 15 guys. And they're all like, they look like you guys. They look like babies. And I'm like, I said to Billy, I go, Billy, who are those guys? Are they, they got that many GAs? He goes, oh, no, those are the full-time guys. He goes, these are young dudes ready yeah. to get after it. And he was right. <laughs> um, and I think that's been cool for me, too, is, is to see what Matt's done, what Steve's done. They're young guys. They're enthusiastic. They're passionate. And they learned quickly because I think Jamie wouldn't have hired them. They know what it means to coach here and work here and live here. And they've been phenomenal. I mean, they, you know, if I ask those guys to talk to recruit, absolutely. What do you need? When do you need it? Because there's nothing better than success from all ends of the spectrum. And uh, we've been really lucky to have those guys help us out. Coach, looking back, we asked Coach Mack about this, but you guys came in what was the same year, wasn't it? Where he comes from Wisconsin. And, yeah, he, uh, he, I think he was hired, Brent, like in end of 94. Okay. But our first seasons Season. were the 95. His first season was 95. And my first season was 95, 96. I was actually hired in July. Okay. Uh, so not the same calendar year, but same season. Yes. Gotcha. And I was just looking at your records at Toledo and I didn't realize what kind of juggernaut you had there. And from what I understand, you had like your entire roster coming back. So did you understand what you were getting into in Ames? I mean, I always say it's women's basketball history was, was not much to think about. And yet here you are with a really good program that had gone to multiple NCAA tournaments in Toledo and I think I read as well that you even may have taken a pay, ch- a pay cut to come to Ames. I mean, did you understand, I asked Coach Mack the same questions, what the challenge was when you pull up to uh, Hilton Coliseum and go, oh, wow, I didn't realize it was, uh, it was like this? No. <laughs> no I'm not going to lie to you. Um, we left a team, Brent, in Toledo that um, returned every player from a team that was, I would say, arguably – could give Angie Welly, Tracy Gahan, Stacey Freeze, wow. that team a game. Wow. And we signed the player that I never got to coach who became the all-time leading scorer in the MAC was hmm, coming wow. in. How about that? Um, so we left a great team, a great situation, great people. I love Toledo. Toledo's become the farm team, obviously. That's right. That's right. Iowa State. Um, coach Campbell, I don't think was born when I was coaching at Toledo. But, <laughs> it's um, funny. It's funny you say that. I was sitting down watching them last night and like actively rooting for them because. Did of you that. Did you see how they lost? I, I ended up turning it off, and oh, I saw brutal. this morning that they had lost. No, what? you haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't. Oh my gosh! All time bad to be beat a, right there. A, uh, <laughs> Spoiler alert, you need to yeah, watch it. Yeah, oh, okay. I was watching too. I don't know anyone at Toledo, but I'm always rooting for the Rockets. Yeah. But, um, you're right, Brent. Uh, we came here, um, and I signed my contract four years, $70,000. Wow. And I took a $9,000 pay cut to come. Um, 
And when we got here and, and saw the situation, I still remember one of our first workouts and Deb looked at me and goes, do you understand what you just did? <laughs> and um, I'm like, yeah, we're good. So uh, it was a much bigger challenge. And really guys, I think the challenge was not the players. I, I inherited, you know, Tara Gunderson, right? Jamie Olson, Janelle Grimm, some people that really changed our program and, and Teresa Becker recruited them. And, and I will thank coach Becker forever. Um, the thing that we had to change was just the mindset. Everything was so negative. I would go into like stores um, in Ames and they'd be like uh, women's basketball or it was just a real negative vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to change that. Uh, we had to change a lot of things and uh, it, it was a much bigger undertaking than we anticipated. But you know, when you're young and, and you're excited and you want to do it and luckily we Gene Smith. Um, and Gene Smith was, we're going to do this. We're going to figure it out. Dr. Jiski, same way. Yep. Um, cause I remember when I interviewed and Dr. Jiski said to me, you know, we're going to leave the big eight and we're going to the big 12 and he goes, and we're going to win. And I'm like, okay. He goes, no, we are going to win. Hmm. And I'm like, all right, they're serious. And Gene was, you know, an amazing athletic director. So I got really lucky that the groundwork was sort of there. We just had to pull in some things and um, it was a process, but it was, it was fun. It was, it was fun to do it in your home state. And I, like I told my wife, I go, Hey, if it doesn't work out. I'll go back to Davenport and 10 bar for my brother. I'm out. I'm good. Let's, let's, let's give this thing a shot. And uh, we've been very, very lucky to have so much help along the way. I didn't realize it. Um, <clears throat> some of the stories Mac told us about getting people in the stands, like he would visit frat houses and, like go and have dinner with them and invite them to come to the game. I know that you have stories like that too. I, I it's special how you, you, um, some of the local like nursing homes and stuff like that. I know that you've reached out. What are, what are some things you did back in the mid nineties that maybe we don't know about to help get Hilton full? Well, I, I think, um, to kind of preface it, I grew up, um, uh, in Davenport, as I mentioned, and my father was in local politics so I learned the idea of grassroots one-on-one shaking mm-hmm. hands, talking to people, getting them to the polls, uh, you know, all that stuff that you do in a local election. Um, and I kind of used that when I became a coach and it was like every place I went, I had, you know, used to be my dad, God rest his soul. He used to hand out nail files with his name on it when we were, huh. you know, when we were, then it was like, when I got here, I always had schedules in my hand. Mm. All I didn't care where I went here. Take it. It was like when you're in Vegas, that guy's yeah, snapping yeah. that thing in Vegas. It, luckily not the same product. But yeah, the same same yeah. Um, so we did that. And then what we, what we, we started the little clone club um, when we got here. And I said to Gene, I go, let's charge a minimal fee. We'll give them a media guide and a pizza party at the end of the year. And he's like, you know, we're only charging those kids 10 bucks. I'm like, well, they can't drive themselves to the game. You know, mom and dad got to bring them. It's a family thing. So we started with the family thing. And then specifically when we moved here, Billy was a fifth grader. Steven was a first grader and they went to fellows elementary school in Ames. So we worked their buddies, elementary families 
and we work Green Hills Retirement. Huh. <laughs> um, because uh, Catherine Engel, uh, who was a huge uh, booster donor to Iowa State Athletics, um, her name was on my office door. You know, the Catherine Engel Hilton Coliseum and was very close to Gene and Sheila Smith. So it was a day-to-day grip and grin. If you, you know, bring a friend, all that stuff like you did for local politics and Green Hills, Green Hills retirement, fellows elementary school. And I still remember one time I was on the radio and I said, Hey, just please come, please come to the game. I said, if you don't like it, come find me and I will refund your money. And Gene Smith about like, what are you saying? <laughs> and I said, Gene, that. I know every hiding place at Hilton, they'll never find me. So <laughs> don't even worry about it. So that's kind of how it worked. And it was a literally a grassroots thing. And my first box score that I look at every morning when I come to work is right there, 311 people wow. the first game. And it's just – if you build it, he, they will come kind of thing. And luckily we built it enough where they wanted to come. So when did you know, when did you have that moment where you go, okay, we can do this here. Like this, this is it. I mean, just for me, I had not, you know, obviously I grew up a huge Iowa state fan and the light clicked on for me for your program was when I remember this Stacy freeze running around and, you know, throwing up 25 footers. And I, I think I wore number four when I was in middle school because Stacy freeze was like Dedrick Willoughby to me. I mean, she, it seemed to me that also brought you some local media coverage as well. Uh, that really puts your program on a map. And then, Oh, by the way, started to win a bunch of games, which, uh, turned the corner. But what, what was it for you? What was that moment? Was it recruiting Stacy, getting her from Iowa? Was it, uh, you know, something else? Because you, you took that Gunderson Grimm and Olsen team, uh, well, a couple years later, you in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I think for me, Brand, it was when we first got the job, Iowa was not on our schedule. Really? So that tells you how bad, that's how it tells you Man. how bad we were. Just not. I, I will refuse to play Iowa state. That's a, right. that's a fact. Um, wow. I called Angie Lee and I said, we got to play. And she was like, Bill, you know, I said, I don't care if you beat us by hundred. Iowa state and Iowa have to play in women's basketball. That's wild. And so we got that series going and, and I want to say it was my second or third year. Second year, we went to Iowa city third year. And the moment you talked about when I interviewed for the job, I remember one of the questions was what, what do you want to see at Hilton? I said, I don't want to see that streamer tape that looked like a murder scene. Yeah. yeah. Like the usher said, you can sit in right here because we don't want to clean the place. <laughs> you 300 people have to sit here. I want to see someone in the upper deck. I want to see someone in the balcony at a game. And that first time that happened was when Iowa came over here and played us with Stacy on our team. Thank God. <laughs> and there were people in the balcony that night and we beat Iowa and that moment I said, we, we got a chance. Yeah. And, and to preface that, mm. and, and it goes back to my dear friend, coach Mack back in the old days, um, we used to do the cyclone tailgate tour and we would do 35 events. Right. Not like we're doing now. Right. It was golf club two or courses. Three, yeah. every place in town. We ate more tenderloins and <laughs> hamburgers and every place we went. And the summer before that game for us, it was kind of like I asked the coaches and especially coach Mack, could you say something at some point about 
coming to one of the women's games. Like we wanted to, like, this is our moment to promote the Iowa state, Iowa game. We have a captive audience. Um, and every single place we went, coach Mack was like, Hey, and one thing we're all going to do, we're all going to do it as Cyclones. Someone's going to go to Billy's game. He always called me Billy Yeah, to Billy's game against the university of Iowa and we're all going to be, and, and it, that's how it started. Mm. And, and we just kept pounding away at that message. And by the time the game got here and we had a decent team, but that's how it happened. I mean, coach Matt got those people to that game. And when people saw that and go, all right, it's entertaining, it's fun, relatively inexpensive. It just, it went from there. And then we just, and then the second one, Brent, long answer to the simple yeah. question was when we first hosted the NCAA tournament yep. and we drew 14,000 people. I was one of them. That was awesome. Um, so I think those two big moments that came out of a lot of small moments were the two that people were like, all right, you're not here to stay, but you're, you're going to have a damn hard time getting rid of us now. Okay. It's kind of the way we looked at it. I have one more nerd history question. Cause I, I love this stuff, but, uh, and I've heard a little bit about this, but you know, what really nationally, you obviously had gone to a couple NCAA tournaments, but the Connecticut win in 99 uh, in the Sweet 16. And I, I've heard, you know, rumors of Gino's uh, pregame interaction with you of, you know, maybe not taking uh, Little Iowa State too seriously, but uh, that had to be just a moment of here is the, the model program and Little Iowa State and, and the whole story behind it has is, is really just awesome even Hard to believe, but 21 years later. Yeah, I'll tell you exactly what happened. We go to Cincinnati uh, for the regional. First time we've been to a regional, and we get UConn in the first game. Um, and so the night before the game, I mean, I can't even breathe. I'm, I'm <laughs> like, oh, man, this – I don't want to get killed. And it felt like the Rocky movie. I just yeah. want to go to pizza. <laughs> yeah. No, like just be on my feet when the game ends. <laughs> um, so, Deb, Gene Smith said, hey – and we had a lot of people. It was the first time we'd gone. So man, it, everyone was going. Yeah. And, uh, Gene called the room and said, Hey, Bill, why don't you come to dinner? I'm like, no, I, 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 I can't, I just, I can't even function. And so Deb went, she called me there at the rock bottom brewery in Cincinnati. I'll never forget it. And, um, she said, why don't you come over real quick? Say hi. I'm like, no, I'm good. Gene gets on the phone. I said, all right, I go over there and Gino's in the restaurant. And he's got his little entourage with him, of course. And he walks over and he said, uh, and Gino and I are very, very good friends. He was an assistant at Virginia when I was assistant at Notre Dame. So we've known each other a long, long time. And he went through this whole thing about, oh, I'm so envious of you guys. The excitement, you know, I remember my first time going to the regional. (laughs) He goes on and on. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you don't forget this moment. He goes on and on and on. I'm like, Okay. Okay. And then he, and then he kept saying, do you want a cigar? And I'm like, no, I'm good. He goes, come on, have a cigar. I got, no, I'm good. So we talked for 15 minutes and I left and, and I, I didn't know the whole time. I'm like, was he like messing with me or what? I couldn't remember. Um, and I, I had another moment with him at Toledo. There was a similar story, but, um, anyway, long story short game ends. We Monica Hillman, yeah. God rest your soul hits yeah. the shot that heard around the world for cyclone nation. Um, the game ends and we win. 
and I'm shaking Gino's hand. And I said, I'll take that cigar now. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and I can't tell you That's what he so said. Great. <laughs> That's so, so great. That's kind of how it, it, our relationship is uh, phenomenal. And it's funny. I got an article sent to me a couple of years ago that we lost when I was at Toledo, we lost to Connecticut the first year. Gino went to the final four by one, hmm. 81 to 80. And then we win that game uh, at, Iowa, at Iowa State. And a guy sent me an article, the two most exciting, greatest games that were non-Final Four games in Connecticut women's basketball history were those two or two of the five that they picked. That's so awesome. fun to be a part of them. Luckily, we won, we won one of them. That's so cool. Um, all right. I, I don't want to be a downer or anything, but I, I did want to talk to you about um, all of our dear friend, Rich Fellingham, who – we lost last week. I just, I didn't know Rich's history with until Brent was kind of educating me this last weekend about, I didn't realize coach that he was here before you Yeah, with Iowa state women's basketball. Yeah. What, yeah, he, you, he was in, uh, he did back before I got here, they would do some home games on the radio, I think. And then like the local, like at your night at break, yeah. they would do some of those um, because he used to joke about I'm the best broadcaster women's basketballs ever had because I'm the only one they've ever had. Um, but yeah, he, he did it. He, he did those. And then we got to talking and he was one of the people that really kind of got me thinking and pushed the idea of, and again, now you got our fans got to remember this is pre Twitter, pre Facebook, pre Instagram, sure. pre a lot of things. So the way we marketed and we didn't have a marketing department, necessarily was the radio like you know it brought me back to i became a fanatical st louis cardinal baseball fan because of my dad and the fact that i grew up listening Mm -hmm. to jack buck and harry Carey on the radio and that was my connection to that team and just like so many of our great fans grew up you know with eric p taylor john walters that you know you hear all the stories about the the farmers in the combines listening to pete um and back before every game was on television, that's how you got your Iowa State information. And that's what Rich was for us. He was our radio guy and marketing guy. And, and the way he did it, his style, his love for Iowa State, his love for the players, his respect in our community, um, all that stuff just kept moving and translating. And that, besides, and I said this many times, besides the players, and I would say it's it's probably even no one impacted women's basketball at Iowa State more than Rich Fellingham. And that's a fact. And his, I, I certainly hope and before I leave here that his banner's hanging up there right next to Pete's at, at Hilton because it should be. Yeah. That's where it belongs for sure. Yeah. He um a really special guy, man. I, I he was so good to me and Brent over the years when we had the honor to sit there next to him. And yeah, I just, I didn't know that history until, until Brent taught me that. And you're right. Like to being a media nerd, like I am like the, the, the play by play voice of a team is, is still a very prestigious role. Not that it, but man, like you're, you're not kidding though. If you think about 1995, you know, Cyclone Fanatic didn't exist. The, you know, you the only regi- get the register largely ignored. Yeah, Iowa you State. you I mean, guys probably weren't getting covered yeah. by anybody, but the Ames Tribune, right? And even, yeah, Chris, that's a great point. Cause even like the Ames Tribune, 
you know, they were really good. But at the same time, every time I would talk to them and be like, Hey, when you start winning and people start coming to your games, we'll cover you. Hmm. I'm like, well, you need to cover us So people will come to our game. Yeah. And so, and I understood that completely. That was their model and they treated us really well. Uh, Jeff King was a, a sports guy there and uh, really treated us really well. But, but Rich had a captive audience and the radio just gave us something to get our message out to people. And then like you guys know, our fans want to know, and that's why what you guys are doing is so cool. Our fans want to know the story behind the story. Like I said, yeah, they want to get to know Stacy freeze and Angie Welly and Monica Hillman. And we had the ability to do that through the radio and tell stories. And because he traveled with us and we became good friends and, and the women's basketball travel, as you guys have done, our travel group is relatively small compared to football, football men's right. basketball. So he became part of our inner circle and we would, you know, sit and talk and Richie'd either, either have his screwdriver or his red wine, which I'm like, I never could figure out that combination, but it was one of the two. Um, and, and he would just, he would fill us in on, this is what Iowa State's about. This is what the university's about. This is what the department's about. This is what the fans are about. And you need to learn this. And then he could tell the story of our team while he did the game. And um, it was just something that it changed everything about the way we went about doing our job and the way we went about getting more and more people to give us a chance to come to the game. And because he worked at KSI and was in the community, you know, like Chris, when you were in, Clorinda Shenandoah, all that, like he covered city council meetings, he yeah. covered everything. So it was like, they saw him everywhere. So it was like, there's Rich, the, the KSI guy. Oh, and he does women's basketball. Mm. So he had a, he had a little street That's cred true. right in the community that we needed. And that went to Elkhart and Ballard and story city and wherever you could get it that we couldn't get to or, or have the ability to get to. And, that was something that, that changed, like I said, changed everything about how we went about doing what we did and how we did it. Yeah. It's just going to be such a strange year all the way around, but you know, even more strange that Richie's not going to be there in the stands and I, it's just hard to think about too much, but yeah. uh, man, yeah, yeah. we'll certainly miss him. Uh, coach. One thing I want to ask you about is the relationship you have with your staff. And it seems to me, maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but the last couple of years since Billy, has been an assistant coach. It seems like, I don't want to call it a renaissance for you, but it seems like you've really enjoyed the day-to-day more so than, you know, maybe earlier this decade. I don't know if that's fair and if it's just because of Billy or, I mean, you referenced it several times, uh, Bridget Carlton's senior year and then last year as well, where you just really enjoyed coaching those last couple of groups and maybe not so much, you know, in previous years. Are you enjoying you know, what you do and, and, and why is that more so now than let's say, you know, six, seven years ago? No, you're, you're exactly right, Brent. Uh, it's a great observation. It's, and it's true. And I mentioned it yesterday in our, our media day. Um, a lot of it is Billy, obviously uh, having your son on your staff and, you know, uh, the things that I, you know, you can't get back things you missed with your kids, Yeah, but it, it's fun to, to be around him every day. Um, it's fun to see Steven in the profession, you know, women's basketball is kind of the family business now. And Steven in Northern Iowa doing a great job. He loves it up there. Um, but I think, you know, having he coach carp, 
um, CB, Eddie gave us a, a, a jolt of youthful enthusiasm to go with, with Jody and Latoya who've yeah. been with me forever and two of the best human beings and assistant coaches anyone could have. But I think what's happened, Brand, is you're right. I, I mean, I, I showed up, I did my job. I'm not going to lie to you. There were years that it was miserable. I mean, I, I was ready for the day to end. I was ready for the season to end. We, we fought through it, but I think the last probably six years, and, and when you, when you have people like Meredith Burkall, Adriana Camber, yep. Bridget Carlton, it was, just, it's just fun to be around them. And we now have that. We've kind of cycled in a bizarre way. We've kind of cycled back to where we started with, you know, like I mentioned those kids earlier, uh, Janelle and Jamie and, and, and Tara and, and then it was, you know, Tracy Gahan, Stacy Freeze, Megan Taylor, right. Kelly Sizig, Erica Juno, Angie Welly. You know, that group of people were people that you just were honored to be around and, and celebrated that. We've kind of gone back to that where it was not just, you got to recruit, you got to get players, you got to show up, you got to do your job. I, it wasn't fun. I'm not going to lie to you. Not as much as it should have been for anyone. And I made it miserable for everybody, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Well, now it's, it's not that way at all. I, I, you know, the last year has been great. Uh, yeah. You want to win more. And, but I mean, the, the idea of sh- who you go to work with every day and who you get to be around every day, the way they represent the school, the amazing level of appreciation um, uh, that these young people have to have Inez Nezakwa sit in my office crying, thanking me for getting her, out of Burundi where all she did was go to school and watch, see dead bodies in the streets. Wow. I mean, those are moments that you just, I mean, you talk about take your breath away. Yeah. Um, but I mean, those are the kinds of things. And I think with Billy here and our renewed enthusiasm recruiting wise and, and just some things that have happened here, um, it, it made it really good for all of us and grandkids change your life too. Yes. I'm not going to lie. Uh, that, it's a great thing. Uh, I'm not one of these people. I'll be honest. I'll, I'll probably get kicked out of the grandparent club. I don't think being a grandparent is better than being a parent. I love being a parent. I love being a parent to my two kids. It's different. I like that. I don't have to deal with some of the crap that you have to deal with <laughs> that you guys are now dealing with, yeah. with young uh, human beings. Yes. But uh, those four have really, they're right behind me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, those four have really, I don't know if they've softened me or whatever, but it's the combination of my staff, our players and and my grandkids. Um, and obviously every day where my wife is more like, pull your head out of your, you know what, let's, let's do your job. And, you know, uh, and, and then you go through the circle of life. You know, I lost my father in December. I lost uh, my mother-in-law uh, the day after the Baylor game. Uh, I lost one of my dearest friends from the university of Toledo. Uh, we lost rich. So all of those things kind of come full circle and you hope that you've matured as a human being. Um, and, and hopefully all that stuff makes you a better person and, you know, makes you appreciate where you are. And, and I do appreciate where I am. I can tell you that. I don't know if this is fair, um, but I'm going to bounce it off sure. of you. Cause I, I want to, see how you've approached it. So when I was analyzing the upcoming big 12 football season, this would have been a couple months ago. I, I, I thought I had a opinion that it would favor younger coaches who weren't so set in their ways. 
<laughs> so I was like, I don't know how Les Miles is going to deal with, you know, having to wear a mask everywhere, or, you know, or Gary Pat. Like, it's not an insult. It's just they've been doing it for so long. How has that impacted mm. you? Because you're a very uh, you're you're always uh, if you're on time with Coach Finley, you're late. You know, like you're you're very reg. I know. I just know you well enough. Right. And I respect the hell out of it. How has that been for you, though? To mm. You've done something primarily for, you know, decades, and then this comes in and just screws everything up. What has been your approach? No, that's, that's a great point. Uh, and I think you're right. I do think the younger, more flexible coaches adjusted quicker. Um, my main thing was I, I, I didn't want to give up, and I, we will not give up, our core values of how we're going to treat people, how we're going to do things. Maybe we had to do it over Zoom. Maybe we had to do different things. But we were going to still stay the course, represent the school, be ready when we could. Um, we've always taken a somewhat of a stance of adapt, adjust, and overcome things. Um, we've always been really flexible in how we played the game. You know, like last year, we'd never played triangle and two hardly ever. And we put it in and, and won the last three games of the season that we had to win playing a triangle and two. Mm basically the whole time. Um, so the flexibility that we showed on the floor, I think was something we had to do. And I will tell you without hesitation, Josh Carper, Billy Finley, Cassandra Beyer, and Denise, our trainer, basically told me, this is what we have to do. You have to embrace it. And you have to translate that to the group where, you know, if I got mad and said, well, I don't want to be in pods tomorrow. We need to work out. Well, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. I mean, there's certain things that the virus has controlled. And I think, you know, like you said, you look around the country, the younger, um, not setting their ways, and, and, you know, especially football. Yeah. And those guys are so regimented and, and meetings and, you know, even, you know, even the people that were like, well, we didn't get to meet enough. We didn't get, well, figure it out. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think there's an, it's an accident that our team has done so well with COVID testing so well on the floor, on the field. And we're in first place that translates to Matt Campbell. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I, I think Chris, your point, God knows where it's going to go. And hopefully we got three good ones left in us, but three years ago, our team doesn't beat Baylor the other night. Yeah. It, it, no, they don't. Right. Um, you know, maybe they don't win a couple other games, um, but because of the flexibility and they're like, Hey, we, we want to play. Okay. What do you have to do to play the game? And I think that flexibility has taught us all a lesson and um, we've all learned it and, and we've had to coach. Is that part of um, this is going to be such a weird season for so many different reasons and God hope we, we get it in, but is that, is that part of how, like teams should be judged this year is being able to participate <laughs> really. I mean, cause the fans just see wins and losses, but I mean, we've all been college students before and we know the temptations out there and all that stuff. Like to me, I, I think they deserve a ton of credit for um, not only the football team, like you're talking about, but do you, are you judging your program by, you know, being able to participate? Absolutely. That That's going to be the biggest win. <laughs> that, that That's going to be a bigger win than beating Baylor. Um, the way we did last, because I mean, you look at what Iowa State's done. I mean, from our university top down, Dr. Winter's team to Jamie to the medical staff, we're playing football, haven't missed the game. Yep. We're, we ran cross country. 
We played volleyball. We're playing golf. We're playing tennis. These kids need to play. They, they, and, and yeah, we want to win. I mean, and I'm not saying this to say, well, he's making an excuse if they don't win games. No, I'm not. I'm not. But what these young people have had to go through to get to this point, the average person has no idea. Yeah. No idea. And I know they get a lot of benefits and we can debate that forever. But the, but to, to get to a point where they get a have a chance to compete. And, and let's be honest, these young people are highly driven, highly motivated, and their mental health is at stake here too. Mm. I mean, it's not just, oh, it's, it's, it's just a game. No, it's not just a game. Mm. It isn't. This is in their DNA to show up to work, the reward for all this. And, and you know, it's like any, any industry, anything it's, and I, and again, I, I know it's like, well, we all from day one, everything that Jamie's always said to us, health and safety of players, staff and families is number one. And that's the way we've done it. But that does not eliminate the goal to compete and give these young people something normal because, you know, we can all imagine what we would have been like in college. And I think the thing I worry about now, Chris, and you see it in football, what are the, what are the teams doing that are out of it? Yeah. Yep. Like I'm glad we got Kansas out of the way in football because who knows what's going to happen down the road. And you're starting to look around the country. Is it an accident that the the bottom teams in the SEC can't play? I mean, what are they playing for? Mm-hmm. You know. So I mean, you, now you start to worry about that. Now you have to have that message with your kids, and uh, hopefully we're all doing it the right way. And you know, hopefully uh, we're we're looking at you know the vaccine and all the stuff that happens, but uh, I just hope it happens because the kids have worked hard to get to that point. Coach, looking at this season, and obviously it will be a strange year, but I think it probably helps your team. You have a couple veterans that have, have been through the ringers. Uh, Kristen Scott, who I think is extremely underrated still. I, I mean, she's to the point where it's like, oh yeah, we, uh, they still have Kristen Scott, who's could be maybe one of the best post players in the country. And then Ashley Jones as well. I mean, those two have to give you some confidence that I know you're going to be breaking in a bunch of super talented freshmen, but uh, those two in particular and Maddie wise, can't forget Maddie uh, have to give you some flexibility in the way you can move some of those younger pieces around to get experience. And that's why I think, I mean, just looking from afar, this roster shapes up nicely and that you've got some positional flexibility, but then also some, some young folks mixed in with some veterans too. No, you're right. Uh, We do have very, very good uh, flexibility position to position. Uh, we're not going to be very tall, which yeah. is fine. Um, so we do have a lot of interchangeable parts. Uh, we have kids that have been there, done that, which is good. Kristen Ash, as you mentioned, are two. I mean, you could, if you want to say they're two of the top 50 players in the country, no one would disagree with that one bit. Um, you have the experience of Maddie Wise, who's had a great start to practice awesome. after people forgot she missed, uh, I think, 11 games last year with a concussion. Uh, Ray's a senior, mm. uh, Maggie McGraw is a sophomore, but started every game as a freshman, uh, Morgan Kane, Fred. So, you know, we have kids that have, have, have experienced success. And the last thing they experienced was, was huge success beating Baylor. And the four freshmen are extremely talented. They're extremely driven. They work really hard. They're in the gym all the time. I, they have not played a big 12 game. They've not played a college game. But if we can find a way to mix that combination, 
we we do have as much talent as we've had in a long time. Um, you know, we've missed some things. Uh, practice has been different. We've probably scrimmaged more than we normally do because you got to get ready to play, sure. knowing that there's going to be a shutdown or or so you you want to get a lot of stuff in early so that you're not you know reinventing whomever's left. We're, we're playing every combination known to man because you don't know who's available. And the other thing, guys, is everyone is so COVID-centric, which I get. Well, Maggie McGraw is, is out right now with some shin splint issues. Kylie Fierbach has been out for two weeks with a sprained ankle. I mean, there's still basketball injuries. Yeah. yeah. So we, you got to combine the two. And uh, But our kids have been amazing, just amazing so far. And it's been fun to be around them and they got a chance. They got a chance. They really do. Well, you don't have two bigger fans than me and Brent coach. Uh, we love, we love you guys. And, um, even if we can't be there every game, we'll be tuned in and watching and yelling. And my little girl, Cameron's obsessed. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be, we'll be locked in my man. Uh, we appreciate your time. I know like it, I just know things are crazy, but we, um, Brent and I both, you know, we, we had to have no offense, but we had to have Mac on the legends pod first. <laughs> he he oh, was, well, there's, you know, I, my dad used to always tell me if Billy, if you die with five true friends in your life, you will die a lucky person. Hmm. And Dan McCarney is, uh, he's on my five. I've, I've never, ever met a human being better that cares more about other people. And, and that includes his wife. Yeah. I mean, Margie and he, um, being, being the significant other or spouse of a coach, you are going straight to heaven. <laughs> Just like being the spouse of a radio <laughs> personality going straight to heaven. But Mac is, what he did for me, um, I, I, there's no way to ever repay it. He's, I, and everyone talks about him, um, and rightly so. Uh, the impact he's had on people's lives, the impact he had on my life, the time that I sat in his basement, the times that um, we got to talk, that um, it, it's, it's, it's something you never, ever, ever, ever forget. And um, Iowa State is a better place, and Bill Fenley is a better person because of Dan McCarney. And and there is a person I I don't know that I've ever met a person who doesn't like him, and that says a lot about him, his beautiful wife, and uh, been blessed. Uh, uh, you know, two tough-minded Irishmen. So I have an well, idea. We, we, we how about McCarney Fenley twenty twenty four? Can we get the ticket <laughs> started right here? Uh, hey. I'm, I, I'm all in. He, he'll do great. I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll just be in the background. You never see, you'll never see me. I'll make sure I'm there when he needs whatever he needs. But, um, um, the, that, that guy is something else. And, uh, anytime you, it, it, he's one of those people, as you guys know, every time you're around him, you feel better. Yeah. I mean, you just, you just feel better. I mean, you just feel better about life, about yourself, because he's going to make you feel that way. And, and it just, he just, again, when, when we had nothing guys, we had nothing going. He had our back and, and did stuff for me. And I mean, the guy flies in from Florida when my dad passed, hmm. um, 
truly a blessing in my life. Yeah. Truly a blessing. He's really a special guy. So are you, Coach. We appreciate your time. And, uh, like love I you said, guys. We love you too, hey, man. Coach. We'll be cheering for you along the way. That's Coach Bill Finley right there.